And now, Wolf Bites Open Mic. The Bass Jackers. I just came home actually from tour. Hey guys, this is Phoenix Paul. Hey, what's up? This is Sean Frank. Wolf Bites DJs and your favorite artists. Sophie Francis. Sophie, thanks for joining us today. Hi, it's super nice to join you guys. What's up, guys? This is Ahmed Van Buren. Now, Open Mic. Welcome to another episode of Wolf Bites Open Mic. Chris Lehman with you. I've got Ladato with us today. And Ladato, it's great to have you on. How you doing? Thank you, Chris, for having me. How are you guys? Good, good. And so I think just off the start, you know, I think the, the obvious question is what's been going on for the last year for you? Uh, I mean, um, I know you're up in New York, so it's been kind of wild. Yes, yes. It's uh, been a uh, long lockdown. Let's just say that in the studio every day, uh, you know, and talking to a lot of people, socializing digitally, I guess. Mm-hmm. So have you been in uh, I know you're from Queens. Have you been there the whole time? Yes. Yep. Been no plane rides, nothing. Just locking down. So I guess both, you know, musically and just kind of in normal life, what are you looking forward to now? I mean, we're almost, we're, we're getting there back to normal. What are you looking forward to when we're finally there? Uh, to seeing everything get released. I'm really excited. I got a lot of projects coming up. So it's uh, really cool to see a song come to life, you know, mm-hmm. after a year of working on so many. So I'm really excited about releasing records and seeing everything come together visually, sonically, and all that. So nice, nice. And I'm assuming you've been, you've lived in New York your entire life, right? Oh, I'm New York. (laughs) I'm born. (laughs) So is is there any sort of, uh, to kind of get into the music side a little more, is there any sort of advantage or perk you feel like you had growing up in New York City? Uh, I, I, I guess it's just the New York swag. Maybe if that's, you know, a thing, I guess, if people think it is, um, I I guess it's the drive that New York Mm -hmm. gives you, you know, that really helped me throughout the whole career of like, even when, you know, we have our ups and downs. And I think New Yorkers, we, uh, you know, when we're down, we still, you know, Mm -hmm. fight to get up. So I think that that's the part of the swag, I guess. That's what at least I take from it, you know? I got you. I got you. And there were a couple of people kind of associated with New York. I wanted to ask you about just kind of that had come to mind. One of them, personally, myself, I'm a big hockey fan. Okay. Um, And the New York Rangers last year, I found out, have a guy who actually likes to produce music and Mika Zibanejad. Do you know much about that or or anything? You know what? It's ringing a bell because my manager, Jared, is a huge, huge New York Rangers fan. (laughs) And of course, I'm the non-sports guy. And uh, I have to hear him about, oh, this trade happened and this and that. And I just nod my head, you know, pretend (laughs) like I know what I'm talking about. Um, But he actually told me and I think someone maybe it was like a year ago, like prior to the lockdown. uh, I, I can't really remember, but I feel like someone in the camp was trying to get us connected to do a record together. That'd be cool. And I was like, wait, who is this person? They, they, they're a ranger and they produce records. What? <laughs> yeah, it was, I, I can't fully remember the story, but I know there was some sort of connection there. So that would be, that would be cool. Uh, the, the other person I wanted to ask you about that, that came to mind for me, um, looking at, at some of your Instagram photos and things, a lot of jean jackets, a lot of leather jackets, my parents kind of raised me on Bruce Springsteen. Is there any oh, kind of... So, yeah, the, there's a little Springsteen inspiration in there. Yes. Yep. Definitely. He's, I mean, he's a rock star, right? Exactly. I, yeah. That's it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. That's, those were the first first concerts I went to. I mean, he's... Oh, wow. He's, that... a, he's a showman. It's great. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 
And and to get more into to the music side and your music, how did you get started uh, with music and, and what drew you to it? Um, I so I started out DJing mm -hmm. and. Then I felt like in the 2008 boom era, I started seeing DJs, you know, go more towards making full songs. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what, that seems interesting. And I uh, went on YouTube and just started picking up some music theory and then uh, then kind of getting into sound design and stuff like that. And now we're here. I mean, it really just was like a natural evolution, you know. So it just uh, kind of took on a life of its own. I, you know, found something that I love just as much as DJing. So I figured, mm -hmm. hey, why not? You know, it was, it was it the fact that you had started out just DJing that kind of drew you to the electronic music? Yes, I, it definitely. One hundred percent. Like it, uh, you know, I love electronic music since before I was even a DJ. So it was kind of like I was buying like Tiesto albums and Bad Boy Bill albums and stuff like that. So really, uh, I even think like maybe it was like Satisfaction by Benny Benassi, like really made me fall in love with the whole, mm -hmm. the whole genre in one shot. And, and because it's, it's really kind of a technologically based, you know, medium, there are a lot of things that have changed over the course of the time you've been producing music. So what's, what are some of the big changes and the big adjustments that, that have come with the industry? I think the isolation, maybe, you know, because I uh, would sit there and collab with a lot of people earlier on. And mm -hmm. then it became so digital with Dropbox and, you know, making your, your studio anywhere type of thing, like where at the time it was maybe the computer wasn't powerful enough. So you would have a bigger computer so people would gather and stuff like that. Then the recording process changed. So, and then you start working with people internationally. So it just took on a way different way of making a record, you know? And some of the other things I think I was listening to, uh, I guess from a, a couple of years ago with uh, Function and Interview, where you were talking about some of the, the things you do, just DJing and the technology there. Um, how, how is that? I think there've been a lot of changes for you there as well. Yeah, because so like with the DJing, like how it started getting into the production, it was like between those two things, there was the mashups and bootlegs. So I would go prior to, you know, DJing, I would combine two records together or three or four at a, like in a clip. And I found the response, you know, for the crowd wise, it was entertaining for them to be like, wait, what just happened? You know, like if the drop flipped on them and stuff like that. And I then tried to incorporate that into the original records. Mm -hmm. So that that's where it kind of stemmed from. Okay. Well, and let's talk about some of the, you know, some of your music now. And I think you retweeted it last week. Um, good thing uh, from you, you and Bright Sparks. We got it going on. at the top of our top 10 oh, uh, can you talk a little bit about how that uh how that came together and how that song um, worked out so that that was a crazy piece of history so i in 2017 started remixing mm -hmm. and i found the tiesto bright sparks acapella on my way did a bootleg remix put it out on soundcloud youtube and tiesto 
ended up playing it on his show and shouted me out. And like, then at that point I was like, Oh my God, this is the greatest moment of my life. Of course, because the Godfather himself just said my name. It came out of his mouth. And then at that point I was like, I, I can't understand this vocal. It's just so unique. I, I've never heard anything like it before. Is it a guy? Is it a girl? Is it both? I can't figure it out. And I've been bugging my manager, Jared for probably three years at that time or two like hey bro we got to hit them up like you know i want to do a record with them so bad so bad so um right around the time of lockdown he surprised me and said hey listen i worked it out we're gonna have a collab with them get working with them <laughs> so i'm like oh my god made it last march maybe and then it now reached the top of the charts well in the i was watching the i think it was the lyric video a little bit earlier too it has that kind of the 90s vibe to it um yeah how did did, did you have much role in, in producing that as well oh yeah i, I i'm really we were going to shoot a music video but at that time lockdown was heavy 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 so uh we couldn't make that happen but um yeah i, I really love looking at the past because i feel it could predict the future you know so i i, I try to pull things from each era uh and it just had that vibe to me it had more of a funky older school vibe so i uh kind of wanted to make the visuals like uh like match the sound that you're hearing kind of thing you know yeah i'm with you there yeah well in talking about vibe can you talk about the vibe of your latest release feel all my loving oh because that's yeah. another one that's I, that i've really enjoyed lately too Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I just I, I, I make, I'm having fun making records, you know, and I want people to feel that, you know, I want something that, you know, when you go listen to a little Dotto record, it's not like you're going to hear it anywhere else, of course. For And it's just I want you to feel good while listening, you know, and I mm -hmm. feel I'm kind of at least I would like to think I'm accurately uh, creating that emotion in my records mm -hmm. right now. And, you know, I, yeah, feel all my love, and I just—it's just a cool vibe, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, and and there was one other song too that I wanted to talk about just a little bit that I thought had some had a little extra meaning behind it as well, and that was "I Blame You" with Paris Hilton. I blame you. I blame you. Yes. Um, can you talk about that because I know I think at least some of the proceeds go to Breaking Code Silence. Um, yes. so. How did you get hooked up with, with that and, and how did that all come together? It, it's so crazy how the internet just works. So actually I went, she hit me up when uh, good. Went number one. Um, and then we just started talking in the DM. And she was like, hey, I love your music. You know, we'd love to get something started with you. And I was like, okay. Uh, and that was at the beginning of quarantine too. And we just uh, started working. And then I was like, hey, listen, you know, I really want to like, I know the world is really down right now. I would love to, you know, donate to some charities if I could. And the best way I know how to is through songs. So mm -hmm. uh, she was like, hell yeah, let's do it. I have my uh, Breaking Code Silence foundation. Um, and I'm like, wow, that was perfect timing. And 
I, I, it was just an awesome process to work with her because there was passion behind it. There was a story behind it, you know? So I think, and at the time she was like really uh, just starting dating her uh, fiance now, Carter, and it just kind of all tied in together naturally. And I like to think that was a beautiful process. Nice. Well, I've heard you mentioned uh, earlier on when we were talking about just the electronic music, the isolation with it. Um, you also, you know, a couple big projects come up, Bright Sparks and Paris Hilton Wright as we go into lockdown. Has it felt that unnormal? Like, has, or has it been kind of a normal year to you, for you to some extent? Dude, I was just talking about this. It's like weird because it's like usually like when things like this happen, you could go out and like say like hang out with your friends and pop a bottle or something, you know, or yeah. have a beer or whatever it may be and or travel for that case and i could like feel the energy of the shows and the people mm -hmm. and i can't grab onto anything right now so it's like mm -hmm. kind of like a weird i don't know how to describe type of thing you know <laughs> it, it, it it's like it's bittersweet i guess mm -hmm. you know where it's I, I i can't wait to get out into the world just to you know whether it's just to go have a drink or go play a show like i can't wait to be able to quote unquote celebrate these achievements you know yeah, yeah. And, and talking about playing shows, I, I noticed you have, uh, as a lot of artists do, the extended edition that you, know, you kind of use in your in your sets when you play live. Mm -hmm. How does like looking at where a song may fit into a set or, or where you use it when you perform live, does that weigh in at all when you're producing the song? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe like subconsciously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right I, I don't know like maybe it's like something like the subconscious just takes control over I, I, I don't know that's a that's a good question I yeah, mean that, that just came off the top of my head <laughs> yeah no I, I the only thing I ever think about when I'm making the extendeds is when I used to like research records from you know say the 90s or the early 2000s and you know especially dance culture they always had these long long versions Mm -hmm. And I always found it interesting that they made it entertaining, like during the course of it, even if it was something as like very simple, like a one bar melody or, or some sort. And so I was like, hey, I want to try to incorporate that into my intros, even if I'm sending it out to DJs, because I feel like we kind of are in a uh, 15 second type of fast life mm -hmm. pace thing. Like we are only entertained for 15 seconds. Yeah. So it was like, you know what, let me try to make the extended versions a little interesting that that it never happens anywhere in the record kind of you know what i'm saying like where you could yeah. kind of hear just the bass or just the guitar mm -hmm. like soloed like and you could kind of enjoy that section you know so if you do hear the extended uh and you're not a dj you could kind of you know enjoy that kind version. understand how it came together right yeah exactly yeah. you know so i i do put a lot of thought into my intros and outros okay well and you you mentioned remixing a little bit earlier uh, and that's something I always like to, to talk to DJs about is how remixing a song versus creating your original content, you know, the kind of the process, how that's different for you. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, that process to me is uh, I try my best to create a remix like I'm creating an original. I never really want the remix vocal to sound like a remix, you know, and I really, that's a hard thing that I always battle every remix I do. It's, you know, how do I, cause I'm so used to the original mm -hmm. that I have to try to like erase that from my brain. And that, that I find to be very hard, 
especially with some of the great records that I've remixed, like, mm-hmm. you know, Lady Gaga, for instance, yep. and stuff like that. Um, so that definitely is a hard task, but I like to think I kind of create an original concept around it with my remix. Well, and you also, you also have some of your songs that get remixed as well. What's it like to, to listen to? Is there anything you glean from listening to a remix of your own songs? Oh, dude, it's so awesome listening to it. Like to hear someone else's take on it. It's like, oh, that it's like a breath of fresh air to me, you know, because I, I, how many hours have I been with the original record listening mm-hmm. car tests, this test and, you know, oh, is this baseline good or is this chord good? And, and going so forensically into a record mm-hmm. sometimes that you're like so married to it that hearing someone else's take it's like wow that that was a good idea why didn't i think of that you know mm-hmm. so uh, and there was one person uh specifically that i wanted to, to talk about too uh it's joseph devine because you, you do a lot of work with him or have um what did, did you enjoy or do you enjoy most about working with him uh well we were younger at the time and mm-hmm. uh you know we were just both two kids from the neighborhood and found a common interest and I think that there was some sort of innocence in it. And mm-hmm. that's what the most fun part about it was. And then we kind of took our own separate paths. And but, you know, that was definitely a, a fun time in my life, you know, where we were, you know, together in the studio, you know. Well, and what would you have done? Just kind of thinking, what would you have done? Because I know you got started. I think you started performing in clubs, you know, it was a teenager. Yeah. Was there ever a thought of doing something else or was it always music? No. And and I know a lot of people answer like that, but like, for me, it was like, there's nothing that makes me feel this, you know, I guess the only way I could associate it maybe is like meeting that true love of, you know, that some people get to meet in their life. And, uh, you know, that's, that, that, that's what it was for me. It was just like, okay, no, I'm sold. That's it. I, I, I'm handcuffed to this now. I, and I never even, never once actually even thought, of another career path it's crazy so if you were going to predict where you would have ended up if you hadn't gone the music way do you have any idea yeah i would have been a detective <laughs> because I, I i i see truth and uh you know i like dissecting things and figuring equations out okay yeah and so i, I only have a, a couple other things i wanted to talk about and the, the big thing is you know what's coming up next i know you, you talked earlier on about there are some things you're, you're ready to release is there anything you you could tease anything that, that's coming soon? I, I have a new record coming out scheduled, but it always could get pushed, you know, um, that I'm super excited about because there's going to be a whole campaign around it and for everyone to be involved with the song in mm-hmm. some capacity. Um, so we're right now with the team building uh, a whole campaign around it. So we're trying to, you know, meet the deadlines. It's a lot because a lot goes into just the song now these mm-hmm. days. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to create an experience when you're listening to my records, you know? Mm-hmm. So that should be coming out in the next month or two, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, I can't really disclose it yet. The label will get mad at me spinning with, uh, you know. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, so, and plus it's a surprise factor because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's more exciting. I'm going to put out a few teasers and, you know, it'll be fun. And do you have any any plans to get back in, in touring soon? Uh, I know slowly things are starting I, to come back. I know. It's like up and down over here, though, dude. It's like uh, they want to, like, lock down, then come back, and then go to this. Oh, everything's good. Oh, no, nope, way backwards, you know? So Is the I, city I, still kind of empty? 
Yeah, yeah. It's 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 picking up again, but it's mm-hmm. a slow process. So I can't really answer the tour thing. I'm yeah. I, I can't wait to get back up on tour, but it's just like, oh man, I can't wait until it's just fully normal. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I, so it it it. it, it it's all right though, because it'll come back bigger and better. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk today. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Anytime. All right. That was Lodato on Wolf Bites Open Mike. Be sure to give us a like and follow us 